Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And uh, God, we've had been uh, some beautiful weather out there the last week. Nice and warm. The evenings have been just beautiful. Nice uh, little wind yesterday waking up. Thought it was going to be a little bit uh, of a nasty day, but that just blew away all the cloud and end up with another another gorgeous day yesterday. So it was good. Went out for dinner last night down on 17th Ave. Had a little Mexican food, which is kind of nice. Um, kind of neat how they have 17th Ave all widened out now with the barricades and lots of people out on the patios and stuff doing their physical distancing as, uh, as, uh, as good as you can. And uh, so, anyways, good evenings. Get out, enjoy, get that vitamin D into your body. It, uh, it helps keep you nice and healthy. So good for your plants and it's good for you as well so lots of calls already this morning so that's good if you want to get in on the line there's a couple spots open 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 a couple things i'd like to make note of man the amount of uh uh hummingbirds out and about um, they go going after a lot of the plants, even the calabricola and hanging baskets. They're going after that. Um, I did happen to get one of those the millionaires and they do love those like crazy. I know there was a shortage this year on those. Um, we're going to work really hard to make sure we get those next year for everybody. A lot more of them, but man, the hummingbirds just love those and, uh, canna lilies, um, they 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 seem to really like those too. So I've uh, I was up early this morning out in the out in the backyard about uh, five thirty six, and the hummingbirds were bumming along, buzzing along the yard and uh, going to the flowers and all that kind of thing. It was a uh, pretty nice, pretty nice little morning when you get to see the little birds going out and all kinds of things. They seem to love. Uh, I don't know if they live in that where there was a robin. We had a robin's nest in one of our trees. And uh, the hummingbird seems to hang out. It's a little ornamental um, crab apple, and they hang out in there. Then they that seems to be their home base, and then they go buzz around, get all the flowers, and uh, and buzz back in, stop for a drink of water in the bird bath. So, yeah, if you can get some of those plants out there for some of the birds, it's uh, it's great. And for lots of bees, from what I'm hearing, people are seeing lots of bees and all kinds of. Uh, different things going on. But right now I'm going to go to Darlene. I know she's had some challenges. I just got to get the phone over here. I had to switch stations. The one screen wasn't working, so I just had to switch over. So I just got to pull the phone over to my side. I'm not used to working left to right, right to left, but now today's going to be I'm on the left side. So (laughs) not on the left side of a righty. Sorry. (laughs) All right. We're going to go to Darlene. Good morning, Darlene. Got the pictures? Yes, I, I did. I've seen you yeah. rake some up. Have you done any treatment at all? Well, no, I use the Green It Up yeah. fertilizer, and then I water the slow, deep, 20-minute yeah. watering schedule. Yeah. It's a south-facing uh, corner lot with lots of sun. Yeah, which is, that's that should be fine, but you're getting, it. Lo- I, I, I'm almost thinking you do, um, no, it, it, it's, uh, it's uh, evading me, the name is what I'm thinking is the thing in the lawn right now. I don't know why I can't think of it. Right. Not the, um, the uh, grub things. Um. Yeah, it's similar to a grub, yes, but we have a thing for nematodes. 
why can't I think of it right now? Man, my mind. And I was in bed early and all that fun stuff. <laughs> oh, I can't think of it right now. It's, it's, oh. Well, occasionally, you know, when I do mow, yeah. in some areas I see like, it's like little fleas that are flying. Yeah, no, and that's what I'm thinking. You have, um, they're in there and they're eating the root and it sort of, it goes in areas because you're getting like, your lawn looks nice and healthy. It just yeah. looks in certain spots. It's sort of. Well, it's getting pretty well generally of this brown hue, and it's, I mean, it's a huge amount of grass because being a corn a lot. Yeah. Um, how often have you fertilized? The four, like I've done the three already, okay, and I haven't done the fall one yet. Okay, no, that's perfect. Um, yeah, almost, you have a really fine grass too, which is... Uh, it's, it looks a little bit thinner bladed than some of the other grasses, but that shouldn't be an issue. Um, here, you know what? I'm going to get, um, let me just think about this bit and then I'll text you back some solutions of what okay, I think can happen. From your, like from Spruce Up, come out and take a look and treat it perhaps if it needed treating? Yeah, we can definitely do that. So if you, what you can do is if you go on to our website, and there's a thing, just an info line. Just send an email. Just click on that. There's a little thing where you can just fill in some info. And just say you were chatting with Merle, and, and I'll arrange someone. We'll come by and have a quick look at that. That would be marvelous. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Darlene. Okay, Appreciate bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. Yeah, that one's um, a bit puzzling. And the name of that thing in the lawn is still evading me for some reason. Um, but let's go to Shirley. And uh, oh. hi, well, Shirley. Uh, can you tell me <laughs> what to do with zucchini that blossoms, but no uh, zucchini? None at all. Usually, right now, actually, because I've just I've been out to a few gardens, and I was just out in the garden in the south, and uh, with a friend of mine, Dwayne. And uh, he has zucchini coming out uh, everywhere. <laughs> he has, and there's always those garden memes on some of the garden sites right now. You you see them. Everyone's giving away zucchinis or or uh, making zucchini cake, right? <laughs> Except for Shirley, no no zucchini for Shirley. Um, are you getting? You're getting the blossoms. Yes. And are you getting? Ones with little balls on them as well, or just see, it's it's odd that you if you're getting the blossoms and there's been lots of pollination going on this year, right? Because I've noticed lots of bees, lots of stuff. So I'm not. It doesn't sound like that's the problem. Do the leaves look healthy? Actually, um, <clears throat> it's my daughter's uh, problem, and and uh, I said I'd I'd get a solution for. Her. Okay, one thing I'm just wondering too is is it getting lots of sun? Yes, I yes, because I, I watered it the summer for her. Okay, um, so overall, does it look healthy though? Like yes, very. That that that's it. It's just a it's a just no plant. fruit. No fruit. Huh. Because it, it, that's odd. Because you're getting usually it, it's just not getting pollinated for some reason. If you're getting the flowers and all that, you so just you get the feather out. Yeah, you do the feather or something like that, the Q-tips. But okay. there's been lots, and I know, like I said, and this is out in the country, and it's a little bit cooler. And and I was just saying, Dwayne has a ton of uh, zucchinis out there. Okay. So, and is this now, in a raised bed or in the ground? Uh, it's in a raised uh, bin. Okay, and that should be fine because zucchinis typically like that as well because they the roots stay nice as long as it's been consistently watered. Yes, 
And uh, then it should, yeah, that one's a bit of a mystery. You should be, because if there's lots of flowers, okay. it's just a matter of not getting pollinated, so you might need to help it out a bit. Yeah, I have a canna lily, uh, two of them actually, but one is gorgeous with three different colors in it. Yeah. And uh, do uh, do I take those heads off after they finish the blossom? Absolutely, but be careful. Some of them have another one coming up right underneath it. Yeah. So some of them, I just cut them halfway. And I take them off a little bit. Or as soon as they're just starting to fade, yeah. I cut them. Okay. Um, I don't leave them too long because the longer you leave them, it just takes so long for those canna lilies to, to go. But honestly, I was out there, same thing this morning. I was taking some pictures and just having a look at, and a couple of them have like eight, nine blooms on them. Yes. Yeah. See, this is, they're just loving this heat too. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I keep fertilizing them. I just, yeah. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much, Merle. Have a great day. You too. Thank okay. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, those are always mysteries when they get that, uh, um, when they're not blooming like that. So, um, should I take a break or, or, all right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And got a... uh, Where am I at here? I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with David. Good morning, David. Good morning. How you doing? Um, I'm really good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Good to hear. Hey, so your crew came out early July and planted a caliper tree for us. It was a courageous uh, ornamental crab apple. Yep. And I don't know, I'm just like a new dad to a baby tree here, but I noticed the <laughs> leaves are turning red about a week ago. Yeah. And I wondered, is this a bit early or is it, am I? No, no. And uh, the courageous, the ambassador, they're along the same vein in the family as the gladiator. They just don't get quite as red. So when you get into fall, and I don't like saying that word yet, right. the, the dreaded word, but yeah. as we head into late summer, let's put it, and some, we get some cooler evenings, the pigment on those start coming out, which is a good thing. So Okay, I was afraid so the, maybe I no, was the courageous, no, no, the courageous will get that um, reddish hue to their leaves, which is actually quite nice in the fall. And I've actually even seen some Amir maples turning red and orange already in yards. So. Is that right? Okay, good. Yeah, okay. It's, 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 it is a bit early, unfortunately, but it is what it is. And uh, if, right. if, if that's all you have to worry about, it sounds like just continue to do that slow, deep watering sort of once a week. Yeah. Um, whether you're using a tree bag or a hose to slow trickle down into there, that would be great. Right, too. And just one like one more thing. Um, yep. I was doing the uh, oh, 1052, 10, I think, yep. fertilizer. I've stopped that now, but should I keep on doing that once a week? or No, that- you're good. Okay, good. good yeah, no, no, you're good till fall. Um, if you want to do it one more time late, late fall, I would. and if you've been doing it quite a bit, I would just leave it till next spring. Right. And uh, you'd be totally fine. So Perfect. Well, thanks for your help. You're very welcome. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, and uh, yeah, it is It is earlier, I guess, but we are at the end of August, right? We're September next weekend. Um, September 1st is what, on Tuesday? So not this Tuesday, but a week from Tuesday. So we're, we're, we're going to head into um, the fall, and we're going to start getting some colors into our 
into our trees and that, which is nice. And I'm just hoping we don't get that uh, really cold, heavy cold. <laughs> we got to hopefully stay nice here for a bit. Uh, give us all of all of uh, September. Give us one of those gorgeous uh, Septembers where we get the nice weather and all that kind of fun stuff. So where are we at for time? I'm good. I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm going to talk with John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How are you, sir? Well, just can't uh, complain whatsoever. No one listens if you do, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a reply on that picture of the uh, <clears throat> zucchini leaf. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Every once in a while in the fall, you get, uh, I guess, people complaining about can't get rid of their extra fruit off their trees. Yes. Have you had that yet? Not yet, um, oh. but that should be coming up. And I'm just wondering if that Harvest Calgary site is up again. I know they had it where they had volunteers that would come help pick fruit, and then they would give it to the food bank and things like that. Um, it was called Harvest Calgary, I believe is what it was. Oh, okay. And These are uh, a green, greenish crab apple. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh, that is one that uh, I'm just curious if if that is uh, is uh, happening again this year. I've, I haven't heard, but I'll I'll try and do some information if they are or anybody knows if they are. Um, maybe get them to get in touch with the show. I'd love to have them on and uh, and uh, see what they uh, have to say and what they're doing this year and help them get their uh, their voice out there. So that's good. Yeah, uh, one other. How do you stop squirrels from stealing my uh, <laughs> fake rock? Your what? Your fake rock? I have, uh, I got some of your... Uh, yeah, oh, okay. Marble. Yeah. And uh, a bigger gray squirrel every once in a while, trotting around with some of my little stones. Well, maybe he's landscaping his house. Maybe he needs a little, uh, a little feature boulders for, for his home. I you got know? that critter ritter stuff. It, and sprayed on. Yeah, I find that doesn't. That's okay. Um, Bob X works really good, but he's not going to really eat the rocks. So he's just. I'm not sure what he would be doing with them unless he thinks they're a nut of some sort and he thinks he's going to take it and chew on it. But uh, or like I said, he's just doing a little landscaping. Him and the only nut there is the squirrels. So. <laughs> yeah, the old Chippendales. Yeah. Maybe he's making his house nice. Maybe he's doing a little. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, actually, everything else is just super. The peas have uh, come and gone on great crop. Awesome. Tomatoes are going crazy. Awesome. Yes. It's uh, it's it's. We've had a really good August with the amount. We had good moisture early on, and uh, I've get done for a couple drives out in the country too. And uh, it's just the the farm farmland. The crops all look phenomenal, and and lots of uh, lots of harvesting going on. So hopefully everyone's having a bountiful crop out there. So well, I hope so too. The other, I don't have any blooms or blossoms on my potatoes. Oh really? Actually, and I just have a Lorraine from Didsbury. She's gotten the seed pods on top, and that's all they are. So you can just cut them off. Sometimes potatoes will will send seeds on the top of the of the potato for some reason, and uh, and it's just this it's just a seed that they produce on the top. Um, 
and you can just uh, you can just either cut those off or or whatever you like. It's it's not going to hurt anything, but uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, sometimes they they just do that. So you didn't get any flowers? No. Did you have you dug any of them up yet? No. Okay, you should maybe dig one up and just see if maybe you dismiss it or if there's going to be anything underneath there. This is my uh, the potato box. It's about three feet high. Okay, and do you have a thing on the bottom where you can stick your hands in, or how do you harvest? I do so. I have already done. Yeah, why don't you open it up and stick your hands in there, see if you can see anything yet. Yeah, okay. If there's nothing there, that, if there's nothing there now, you, you might be wasting time, but there should be hopefully something there. Let me know on that. I'm curious, Sean. I will. All right, sir. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Good one. You too. Bye Bye-bye. All right, and I got quite a few texts, and the word I was looking for was cinch bugs. I have had a few people text me the answer. Thank you so much, and uh, we also have quite a few products at the store um, that will help you with all that, and Suzanne um, is always very helpful. We have a, She has a nice little display done up with nematodes that you can use for ants and grubs and cinch bugs, and she has it all set up in a great little display for you. Um, and so what these cinch bugs do, they get in the lawn and they just sort of chew out certain areas. So we have these nematodes that you, have, you mix with water and you release them and then they, uh, help go after all the, all the little critters like that in a safe manner with the, with the nematode program. So we have quite a few of those in stock. So if you're looking for something to, uh, help you out with ants, slugs, grubs, things like that. We definitely uh, we have some of that stuff to help you out. We'll take one more quick call before the break, and I'm going to go to Bev in Didsbury. Good morning, Bev. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I've got a quick question about my hops. Um, they seem to be the leaves that, that it started at the bottom. Mm-hmm. This is the second year that's happened, and... They turn their brown and green. It's not like the whole leaf has is, is been eaten or anything. Yeah, it it's, just is- it's a leaf hopper. It's And they're in behind. They go after Virginia creepers, hops in the hot weather. Okay. And um, I would just pull, try and pull a lot of those leaves off if you can. And you can use a product called Pure Spray Green. Okay. Or, or Ambush, something like that. Or, and this hose them off like with, with a bit of a pressure nozzle type thing. Okay. You can do that as well. It's just they get in behind and they just suck all the juice out of out of all the big leaves because those big leaves have such big or so much moisture in them and and so the bugs get in there and they just love eating that. So. Oh, okay. So um, I I know it's really bad on it right now, but I guess I should still treat it. Yeah. Now. It does, and just do a really good cleanup in the fall. Okay. Of all and the then dead in- leaves. And then in the spring, should you start spraying? Absolutely. Just when it gets fully leafed out, sort of that mid-June when everything's sort of leafed out and right. and before any of this thing starts, you can sort of give it a, a weekly spray with Pure okay. Spray Green, and that works the best. It just, okay. uh, and it helps with any of the powdery mildew that you might get on those uh, leaves and things like that as well. 
So Okay, great. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, and they're a heavy feeder too, so don't hesitate to put them on a weekly or bi-weekly feeding program as well. Yeah, no, I have been feeding them and they're just okay. they're just beautiful, but I have a huge like trellis. Yeah. That, uh, it's I put it up there so it was cuz it looks out from my dining room and I just see the side of another Yeah, it looks house. nasty on the bottom, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it, uh, yeah, okay. Well, thank you very much. I thank you. Now I know what that is. I thought it was just some kind of a fungus. No, but, uh, it's just those leaf hoppers. They love just eating all those nutrients out of there. So Okay, that's great. All thank right. you very much. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7762. I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to chat with Diane. Good morning, Diane. Hello. Hi, Diane. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am fine, thanks. So I have two questions that um, are probably really simple, but I'm new to this. So no, That's why I'm here. <laughs> so petunias, they, some people say deadhead them pulling out the dead ones and more will grow up and others say just leave them. So I tried both. My pots look terrible. My garden looks great. Um, I didn't deadhead the garden, but I did with the pots. The other question I have is I have a perennial that I put into the backyard and he only gets the sun in the, in the east very small amount of time and I want to move him to the uh, facing the south. But yep. I don't know if I move him in the fall or in the spring. Um, if you could keep track of where he is and you put a little note, spring is better for okay, him. Okay, good. Yeah. And uh, with your petunias and most annuals, I'm I'm a f- big advocate of deadheading. Because um, okay. if you leave the dead blooms on there, unless it's a specific variety, like some of the new bar- varieties have been bred to, to just bloom over top of the old blooms. Um, but for the most part, when a plant blooms, it's setting seeds, right? They don't just do it to look beautiful. They're doing it to reproduce, right? So, and if you leave the, the flowers on there, the seed pods, the plant thinks, okay, I've done my job. I've reproduced. I got all this seed out there. I don't need to push out any more flowers. But if you keep pulling the seed pods off, that plant keeps saying, Hey, where'd all my seed pods go? I better send out more flowers, right? So. So okay. I I definitely and when I pinch my petunias I go I pull the little green pod off underneath the bloom as well. Um, oh. I just pinch that off as well, just right underneath the bloom. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, and I, I do, and honestly, like mine are f- stuffed full of blooms right now, and I just and I, I'm, I this year I planted double petunias. And they're just loaded, and but I deadhead. Anytime I'm watering them out there, I just pick the blooms off when I'm standing there watering. And uh, and that way, it helps you water better, too, because it gives you something to do. You don't get impatient standing there. So that <laughs> way, you uh, you deadhead and water at the same time. And uh, and then you uh, get lots of water into your plants, and, uh, and you're deadheading, so... Great. Thank you very much. You're Have very a great welcome. weekend. Yeah, and Bye-bye. don't forget to fertilize. Yeah. All your plants, definitely in the pots, um, need a weekly fertilize. It makes a big, weekly. big difference. Yep. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. All right. Have a great one. Well, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I got a pictures in uh, 
She says, hi, Merle. My dahlias have some brown leaves, so I was wondering what the problem may be. Um, actually, most of them, you got nice out. It's just old leaves. I would just go in there, pull those off. Um, and, and a plant a defense mechanism is they, they get rid of old leaves and stuff. So mostly all your new stuff looks nice and healthy. It's just some of the stuff on the lower ones look a little bit. So I would just, I would just pull those off. It treat it like deadheading and uh, deadhead any of the blooms. And if you get some of those plants or the blooms that are looking like that, and it could be just water on the leaves too a bit, because I know some of them up a little bit higher, just, just pull all those off. And uh, and uh, and then just continue to feed and water. And when you have that many dahlias in a pot, um, it looks fabulous. But they also are heavy feeders. So just ensure that you're feeding 15, 30, 15. Um, continue the watering and, uh, and ensure that you're feeding it right through until freeze up. And then once those freeze up, I believe those are the ones that you have the bulbs. You can just pull those off. I pull those out of the soil after the first freeze, store them in a cool, dark place over the wintertime and nice and dry. Like I just use that. I like to use a, a box full of the, either the hemp or, or the cocoa moss, something like that, and uh, put them in a cool place and then store them for winter and then, then bring them back out um, sort of March and uh, replant them into some pots and start them inside and gives you a little bit of a head start. So head start. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go, I'm still uh, on this on the left side, the phone on the left, I'm kind of uh, still mixed up a bit. I'm going to go to High River, we're going to go to Dar. Good morning, Dar. Good morning, how are you? Good, good, how can I help you? I have a number of squash plants that I put in this year. I have two, I believe they're spaghetti squashes that I put onto trellises that are doing beautifully and are throwing fruit. Yep. I have no acorn, butternut, I had... I've got leaves that are at least twelve inches across. Yeah, and oodles of blooms. Yeah, and no and no product. Huh. And are you getting any of the blooms that have a little bump on the bottom? Like yes. Yar. They've, they've literally only just started. All the others, like okay. just now, and they've been in for a few weeks, right? So okay. I'm just wondering. And what are you? Are you fertilizing? No, I have not been. Okay. Um, when I hear big, big leaves, which is good, nice and healthy, yeah. that's, those work like solar panels. I'm just wondering if you have a little bit more nitrogen than the middle. But if you're getting lots of blooms now, did you maybe yeah. start them a little bit later this year? I did start some later as small starters, but I also actually stopped in at the garden center and picked up two or three luscious, beautiful ones. And actually two of those are not throwing any fruit either. Huh. And they're in a nice sunny spot? Oh, yes. Yeah. Not I think, full sun, but they get at least six hours every day. Okay, well, that's good. So what I would mm-hmm. do is on some of those, just if you can get a Q-tip or a little paintbrush or something, go in there and just grab some of the pollen from and each one. Yes. Yeah. I think you can maybe help them out. It is getting, you might want to look at getting some frost blanket. We have these little frost kits. Okay. Um, they, they have little metal hoops over and some frost blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, if when you have a late start with your squash like that, they take little to no frost. So okay. you just want to have them covered up, and uh, okay. and it'll just help keep them a little bit warmer on the nights. Right. And uh, and hopefully you'll get something from there. Okie dokie. Um, and I I usually work on Sundays. I do have those little white. They're not little this year. Those white cabbage moths or whatever they are. Yeah. Oodles of those this year, which I know is too late because I have. Yeah. 
pulls through everything. But what should I have used or, or um, for for those BTK or Pure Spray Green works really quite well on those. Okay. And uh, and that's safer. And just just watch for the just read the directions for the harvest times in between using those. Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, Thank right. you so much. Thank Great you. Right bye. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Brian. Good morning, Brian. How you doing, Merle? Good, good. How are things out there? Well, never a dull moment. <laughs> awesome. Hey, um, since we put in the underground or the uh, irrigation system and the bubblers in the front, yep. we've also fertilized a lot, but I'm getting uh, poplars popping up everywhere. Yeah, it... Like, it was probably, was there lots of, because you had lots of the old poplars before, right? Uh, Yeah, we had a few, yeah, but it's funny because I'll pull them out and they're they're growing off a of dead root. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say because when they're underneath there from old trees, um, they just sit there until they get moisture all the time. So it's just like um, rooting something or propagating something from a root and then they'll just start up again. If they get okay. some moisture to rejuvenate them, off yeah. they go. So. Yeah, it's funny because I'm pulling them out and I'm bringing three feet of dead root and there's four of these new guys, you know, growing off of them. Yeah, no, and that's what happens when people take down big poplars. If you don't kill the stump and stuff, um, those are, they're left in the ground. And if they're, once they're given some moisture and things like that, they just sort of rejuvenate, rejuvenate themselves and uh, and start growing again. That's, they, were, they grow yeah, in clones, right? Out, yeah, we had you guys out to uh, remove the stumps, right? Yeah, it's so, just... Uh, when they, some of those big old poplars have big roots, and yeah. it's, it's, uh, that's how they survive. They sort of grow in clones, right? And then they, they'll send out, and then they send up another part of the family, and off they go into a new spot. Oh, man, like there, I've got like 60 or 70, right? Like it's just yeah. everywhere. Yeah, you can, uh, you, what you, you can do is the roundup when they're smaller, um, yeah. and that'll go down and kill the root as well. So if you just want to paint, um, get a pipe and just spray Roundup over top of that little area, or yep. paint them on, or like get a, a wear a couple of rubber gloves and then have like a fabric glove and just yep. dip your hand into the Roundup and then just rub it all over the poplar things. That's an easy way to do it too without killing the grass and stuff. Okay, yeah, because I've got the, uh, the real Roundup, right? So. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so that's my that's my only course. Yeah. All right. Yes. All right, Merle. Well, thanks. Thanks, Brian. Take care, bud. Yep. Bye bye. All right, and uh, that's uh, Brian and uh, Riva out there east of Calgary, always gardening, lots of stuff going on out at the homestead. And I'm going to go to Ron. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Merle. What's happening uh, up in Airdrie? Oh, I'm in Innisfail. Okay, it says, it uh, says Airdrie. Oh, yeah. Gord, I tell you, eh? He doesn't know. Uh, I didn't it. tell him where I was anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's just uh, guessing. Now that my raspberry patch is finished producing for the year, yes. What? How do I rejuvenate it? It's gone a little wild. Do I chop it down this fall? Um, what I would do is you sort of when you look into your 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 bushes of raspberries, you'll see you should see two or th- two different colors of canes. Okay. Um, take out the old gray ones right now. So all right, and then that way you leave the new ones. 
for next year because then those will get all a lot more fruit on them than that. Okay. Yeah, it's gone like quite wild, but it was the best year of raspberries I've had in 10 years. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, just now, go through and thin them out. Do I need to cut them down, all of them? Um, you you could do that if you wanted. Um, that depending on what variety, you might not get as many uh, as much fruit next year. That would be my only concern because okay. some of them they give that on the second year. So what I like to do is take out the old gray um, wood. That's sort of what I was saying, yeah. and then okay. leave the leave the green ones, and uh, right. and then that way you'll get you'll open it up and just try and go down as deep as you can. I know they're a pain to to prune and yeah. stuff, but. Um, if you do that, that'll definitely help. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You as well. Thanks, Ron. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, that was Ron down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen as much, and I've been cruising many raspberry patches this year, and, and I live in a newer neighborhood where we don't have a lot of uh, raspberries, but that's good to hear. He had his best crop ever. And I got a picture of a caragana that's just rotting off the bottom and falling off. And... What that is is a weevil. It gets into the bottom of caraganas and uh, and different uh, willows, where it just eats the the fruit or eat the branches from the inside out, and they get in there. And also, caraganas um, sometimes they'll just flop off if that they don't on the root system. But a lot of it is a weevil it gets in there and chews the the root at the bottom of the of the. Right, right where the root and the and the branches start, and this weevil gets in there and eats it from the inside out. So, um, hopefully that helps on that one. And where are we at for time? I'm good for a bit. I'm going to go to Gloria One. Gloria One. I got two Glorias from Strathmore. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning. Hi there. Hi. How can I help I you? Must be one. You are. You're Gloria <laughs> one. I got Gloria two on uh, on hold. So okay, um, we we have spruce trees that are 12 years old, and they're all in a row right yep. next to our driveway in in the country. We live in the country, and mm-hmm. and this one tree has a layer of green um, branches on the bottom, and then there the next uh, next layer is absolutely dead. They're they're dead and and right at the trunk the trunk is very hard and white and there's no you know how the how lumpy and bumpy the the, yep. the trunks are well this is and it's smooth and it's and it's white yeah so what okay. happened is i think a porcupine it sounds like a porcupine got in there and ate the bark off does it look like that at all like maybe no. they okay cuz sometimes that if you can, can if you're able to text me a picture to the same phone number, because um, a lot of times on spruce trees, that if porcupines get in the middle and it looks smooth, and they get in there and they'll eat all the bark off, and that that will kill the trees. So, and I've seen a lot of that this year because there's been a lot. Seems to be a a huge amount of porcupines out there. So, and the, the the top of the tree is a totally different color now, and it looks dead. Yeah, and that's what happens if if the bark gets chewed off, it just cuts it off, and then nothing can keep going up. It kills the tree. That kind of sounds like what it is. If it went smooth like that, I would say that, and it could have been a year or two ago because it takes a bit for it to to kill the tree. Um, So that would be my guess. But if you can send me a quick picture, I could definitely help you out on that. So okay, and 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 some other the other trees. 
<clears throat> excuse me, have a branch that that turns totally dead. Yeah. The the, the the needles fall off, and and it's gone. <clears throat> yeah. It, yeah. Just check and see if maybe they got one of the branches got broken. Um, we've had a bit of that desiccation where some of the some of the needles have have fallen off. Uh, so that's the only thing. Usually if they just come off like that, if it's just one branch, typically it's physical damage of some sort, like maybe a bird or something landed on it or got bumped somehow. Um, but I see the odd one where it just it breaks off for some reason. So just sort of check and see if the stem has been broken off. Okay. All right. Thanks, Gloria. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, those are those are a little bit more difficult ones to answer, but and I better take a quick break. Otherwise, I have to answer the gourd, which is never good. Uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join me, we got some phone lines open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, I'm going to go to Gloria number two. I feel like I'm on the prices, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Behind door number two, we got Gloria. Hey, Gloria. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Great. Pretty good. Um, I wanted to know, I have a Hansa rose that's yep. yellow on the top. Yep. And I've gone through all the books to figure it out and everything. And the Rose Society uh, book says I could be lacking in... Um, uh, Iron. I done the iron thing. I did the iron thing. I did the magnesium thing, but I could be lacking in sulfur. What do you think? Um, that could be it. Um, I know if they just if they go did it go through a big growth spurt first or most of my roses have gone through a good yeah. growth spurt. And and they seem to get once they get to a point sometimes they'll do that, they get chlorotic a bit. Mm-hmm. And I typically it is uh it is more that iron chelates. Like we have that for chlorate and yeah, the chlorotic leaves. Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah, I've done that too. Okay. I get alfalfa tea. I've done my whole thing, but I was just going through that book and it said it could be lacking in sulfur in our... Uh, yeah, and one thing, like our lawn fertilizer, um, the Green It Up lawn fertilizer, it has a good little bit of sulfur in it. Okay. So I've recommended a lot of people mix it into the soil because then it's a slow-release fertilizer, and it's high middle number, so it's really good for flowering, like for roses, things like that. Okay, so I'll do that in the spring then. Absolutely, yeah, mix that in. I would just, if it's really chlorotic, really yellow, I would just cut that one off and then just see what, if you get any new growth, see what it does. Yeah, all right. Is it just sort of one branch doing it or the whole thing? Thing is, is yellow, but the top part, particularly the the edges of it, are brown. Oh, okay. And that's why they were thinking sulfur. I don't know what what is. How old are they? Oh, it's probably five years old. Okay, so uh, the only other thing is, it could have got dried out. Like if it had a big growth spurt, and then we've had some of that nasty heat. Like we've had a lot of oh, heat. Oh, it's been horrible. Uh, yeah, and if it hasn't had that good solid watering. Um, especially on the Hansa, because they, they spit out so much growth. Mm-hmm. And with the blooms, if, they're, if they don't stay hydrated, like I said, plants' natural defense is they shut down the foliage. Yeah. And so you start seeing the brown tips and the yellow. So when you told me that, um, I'm thinking it could have maybe got just a bit dry, and then the plants, and roses act fast. Like when they start getting dry, 
they shut her down pretty quick. Yeah. So that would be my one guess. Mm, I'll try that. I All use right. your fertilizer, and I got the best yard on the street. Awesome. You For your grass? I walk around, and you can see who's using that, can't you? Absolutely. No, it makes a big, big difference. Yeah, it's my yard's green and everybody else's is brown. Well, cause it, and you don't have to water as much either, so I'm yeah. glad you're glad you're happy with yeah, it. Yeah, love it. I think I need to buy some stock in your company. I, <laughs> I'm going broke buying out there. <laughs> well, I'll have to. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to set up some stock options. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Gloria. Okay. Bye bye. All right. I guess it's uh, a lot of people got into gardening this year, and we sure appreciate that we were able to be part of that and helping everybody. But we're also working on next year and and uh, seeing what it's going to bring to us and how can we create successes for people to make sure that this wasn't a, a swing and a miss on this gardening. We want to make sure that people are going to succeed. And uh, and Zoe and I were chatting about this the other day. We were kind of joking about it, how sometimes we see people, they just want to get into gardening and they first time in the garden center and they grab a cart and they have like 500 packs of seeds. And a lot of times we'll grab those people and just say, hey, let's just slow her down a little bit. Let's start with maybe 10 or 20 packs and sort of just get her down a bit. So you just, let's get some successes going and work. Cause there's nothing worse than getting in hardcore and then you just, the whole thing just doesn't work and then you get frustrated with it and then you go on to bowling or something like that. So we want to see you outside getting that vitamin D doing some gardening. So, and I got a text here. Is this fire blight? Two flowering crabs I've been cutting out for almost three years and eventually... Um, yeah, it is fire blight. You got a little bit on the ends when you get that black curling. Um, so you, you, you should probably treat it with a copper spray or pure spray green early on. And so you want to start that when they first start leafing out, but I would cut all that off and then also treat it with a copper spray and you can do that. But then again, next spring when it starts leafing out is, is treat it with that as well. All right, and I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. We're in the second hour here, heading to be a gorgeous week out there. So a few things that I'm just seeing around uh, around town is... Uh, is trees. Um, let's get out, make sure we're getting some slow deep watering into some of our existing canopy in Calgary. And if you if you get your trees on a good feeding program and proper watering, um, you'll just see much healthier looking trees and help combat some of the things like the birch leaf miner, things like that. Because if you get a, just a really strong tree, the bugs They'll come in, they'll nibble, and but there's lots of nourishment there that the, the tree can withstand it. But if your tree's sick and weak a bit, the bugs just go at it, and it makes it way worse. So just uh, if we spend a little bit more time on our trees and, and shrubs, especially when we get into August here, September, um, we're almost done with the gardening a bit. But that's the, one of the most important times to ensure that we're watering our trees properly give them that last fertile. Because once we get into into September, we can get back into, you can fertilize them again. And because uh, we've done, and I know I used to, with some studies on the, the 01010, which is a great fertilizer, but there's also been a lot more um, talk on how the tree, once it starts going dormant, actually it doesn't hurt it to get 
uh, some of the nitrogen in there because it's on the it's naturally um, just shutting down and it builds up the sugars and it builds up all the stuff for the following year. So a bit of our mindset on that is changing a bit. But right now I'm going to go to Marguerite. Marguerite, good morning. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Well, I have a question about next year's garden. Okay. Flowers. I uh, have a big bare spot because I took out a, a what you call it, um, juniper yeah. that was dying, and I had it dug out. Okay. And my yard doesn't have much in the way of interest for anything in the fall, and I was thinking of rudbeckia because I was at Butcher's Gardens just now. Yes. And the rudbeckia there was fantastic. It, it's a great... Um, late summer, fall, perennial. Right. Okay, so when is the best time to plant it, and when can I get really good choices? Actually, a lot of times right now, and I, I'm pretty sure we have a good choices. We have quite a bit in stock right now, mm-hmm. and we also have lots of the echinacea, which is another great late summer, um, early fall type flower for our perennial. Mm-hmm. It, uh, they're a standout. Also, uh, Autumn Joy Sedum is another late late summer, early fall um, plant. That's great. So, And you've got them there? Yeah, we have actually a pretty good selection of perennials still. So, okay. And if I plant them now, they should be fine? Totally fine. Just spring? make sure you do really good watering in and uh, continue on the same way that you would uh, into fall. Just make sure they get good deep watering. Um, ensure... Um, the root ball stays fairly moist, and yeah, you should be totally fine. It's a great time to plant perennials because the soil is nice and warm. So once you put them in there, the ground, the roots sort of take root, and it's it's a great time to plant. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank Bye you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Yes, yes, it is. It's a great time to plant because right now you sort of see those empty spots and things that you're missing. So it's always good out to go out in the garden and just sort of look, look around your own yard and sort of see the empty spots and then go walk around your neighborhood. Um, so I, I'm down in Cranston, Riverstone and man, there's so many great gardens and it just gives you ideas. It's inspiring. You walk through, you see some of the different perennials, the mix of annuals, the different trees and shrubs. And, uh, you say, Hey, that looks good. And a lot of times if you just take a picture of something, bring it on your phone and we always carry a camera now. Everyone has their phone with them. So um, bring it down to the garden center. And most of the times we should be able to tell you what that is. And uh, you should be good to go. And I'm going to go to Jill. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Merrill. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. I'm fine, thank you. A little, little worried here. Okay. I have a, I, uh, we have a, a, a 20-foot strip where we had a Catonia aster bush. And it had oyster shell. Yeah. And we pulled it all out. And I have planted uh, dahlias and some pansies and whatever, and petunias. Yeah. Just to fill it in for this year. Now, my one bunch of, uh, of uh, dahlias, my one bunch of dahlias is. Um, Blooming beautifully. I mean, I must have about oh twelve or fifteen buds on it. Oh, nice. Yeah, they are, but they're brown in the in the middle of the bud, and when the flower blooms, it goes brown on the inside, and then all and then just on the outside. Okay, how often are you watering? Uh, they get watered um, 
a good soaking three times a week. Is this with an irrigation system or? Yes. Okay. I, that could be part of the problem. You're spraying a bit, maybe too much water on the blooms themselves and it kind of rots them out. Okay. So if you could try and change some of that watering and just water more from underneath. Okay. And just water the soil on your dahlias. Because they're, if they're getting too much foliage water like that, and, and if, are you watering at night or overnight or? In the morning. Yeah. Like Which is the, months. that's a good time. Um, but that, it sounds like if you're getting three times sort of a heavy watering on them, it's, it could be rotting the, the blooms from that. So. Okay. Try now changing the. Um, they're they're doing the same thing, right? Same thing. The dirt yeah. wouldn't have anything to do with it. I I don't think so. It just sounds like you're just maybe watering a bit too much overhead. Okay. And uh, so try and change that up just on that zone. If you could turn it okay. off or and then just water some of that by hand, give it a little bit different watering. Try that. Sounds super. Okay. And just Thank pull you. off any of that brown foliage though right now because it's not going to come back anyways. Yeah. So no, just. Not the foliage. Just the buds. Okay, just the buds. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm almost sure that's just from the watering. Okay, great. Alrighty. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. All right, and let's go to Al in Carstairs. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help good. you? Uh, I sent you a picture, a couple of pictures of a hawthorn tree to your garden yeah. center email. Yeah. Um, uh, bark is peeling quite badly on uh, about a foot out of the ground. Okay. And uh, not sure what the cause is. It's peeled right to the core for about uh, almost three inches or so. Okay. Um, did it crack first? You know, I don't know. It almost looks like it may have. Yeah, because uh, what it is is hawthorns, mountain ash, some amur cherries. We've had really bad frost cracking over the last couple of years. Um, just, and especially this past September when we had that cold and then it just split. And then when they split the, the bark peels away. So what, one thing I would recommend you do, Al, is, uh, just cut away any of the loose bark that's there. Like get a good sharp, like an exacto knife type thing. Just clean the wound up a bit, like cut it back and where it's peeling. How wide is it peeling? Like how, how much is it peeling off? It's about, uh, I'm going to guess about, uh, well, maybe 20% of the circumference of the trunk. Oh, okay. The other thing you might have, um, any chance that you might have, uh, it's right at the bottom, like the bottom eight inches? Yeah, about approximately a foot out of the ground. Yeah. Is it possible that it could have been chewed off some of that with uh, from mice or something like that? You know, it's hard to tell. It does look like there's scratch marks off to the side, but not right at the yeah. part that was peeled. Yeah, if it's fairly that big, I'm almost thinking you might have some some rodent damage or some sort of. Uh, um, and I I don't sorry, and I I don't get those pictures. I'll I'll see if I can get them. If you could send that same picture to either text it to the same phone line or send it to Let's Talk Gardening at siugc dot ca. And then I get that the um, that one goes directly to the store if you sent it to info or something. I don't see all those. Yeah, okay. um, I'm unable to text photos. So okay, if you can send it to that, let's talk gardening at siugc. I will respond to that one. I get that one myself. So very good, thank you. All right, but that and but if the problem is that you'll need a product called Lac Balsam, it's a bark replacement. 
And so same thing, clean up the wound really good and then get the lac balsam and you, you spread it all over that wound and it's a bark replacement. Okay, where can I find that stuff, Mo? Um, I'm not too sure down there, but I know we have it at Spruce It Up. So. Okay, been all right. a drive, but I've been there before. Awesome. Thanks, Very Al. Good. Okay. Thank you, sir. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me after the break, we have some spots on the phone line, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And I got to do my liner. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we got you covered. I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm spa- speak with Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Merle. Thank How are you for you? taking my call. Oh, I love this weather now. Yeah, isn't it nice? <laughs> it is so. Um, I have a couple of pretty quick questions. Okay. <clears throat> Do you have any yellow peonies? Any of the Itos? Um, I'm not sure if we have any in stock. Let me text the store, and then I'll answer that online, or I can answer that because uh, they'll respond to me, and then you can just listen. I'll let you know that we have them. Um, I, th- I believe we do. Do you usually, usually have them, though? Yeah, we always have them, yeah. Great. And now my second question. Um, I was just reading the Hort Society's magazine, mm-hmm. and they've got a new checkered lily, uh, Fritillaria, that uh, is their bulb of the year, and I wondered if you have any of those. Um, I'm not too sure, <laughs> and I, I don't uh, know that, but I will ask. And what okay. was the exact name of that story again? Fritillaria. Fritillaria. F-R-I-T-I-L-L-A-R-I-A. And Fritil- it's a checkered lily. Okay. Fritil- and they're okay. gorgeous. Um, if they're available, sometimes when these things come out, um, they're not always in full production, So, mm-hmm. but then they get popular. But I just texted Jen in the <laughs> perennial section there, and she will have a look and let me know here right away, and I'll be able to pass that back on to you. That would be great. And also, one thing it says that might be interesting to other people is um, these bulbs are resistant to deer and rodent pests. Oh, really? Yeah. They must taste awful then or something. (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine. Well, and I'm just curious because I know Olds College and some other places have really said that um, the red lily beetle has been decimated this year because they've released a bunch of wasps that go oh. after the red lily beetle. I'm just wondering, I haven't had as many calls this year. I'm just wondering if everybody is seeing that around here as well. Have we uh, have we gotten rid wow. of that red lily beetle? So it's kind of neat how they used um, a wasp um, to go after, a predator wasp to go after the red lily beetle. So That's great. It's um, awesome. You know, because... Those red lily beetles, oh man, they're terrible. Oh, they just decimate and the everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, if you, um, I'll I'll continue. Yeah, I'll, I'll soon as I soon as the, they get back, um, I will let you know. Good, 
Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I got time for one more before I take a break. We'll go to Lila. Good morning, Lila. Good morning. How can I help you? I have rose bushes on the west side of my house. And uh, the leaves on the rose bushes are all full of holes. Something is eating all the leaves on my rose bushes. <clears throat> yeah, some of that could be the, there's a couple wasps that get in there and eat the leaves. And I find in Calgary, like, it's almost perfect, uh, it's almost impossible to get perfect foliage. Um, especially when we get into the heat, like once we get into August, um, between some heavy rains, the little bugs that go through in their cycles, a few caterpillars, and they love roses, right? Because they're nice, sweet leaves. Um, uh, the only thing you can really do, like you can do a little bit, of, unless it's really bad, I, I really try to overlook it and not get too caught up in it. Because otherwise, it's it's hard on you, right? Because if the plants are healthy and they're producing blooms, and you got them on a good feeding program, they're going to grow through that. Um, so, um, a couple things you can do is pure spray green, sort of on a weekly cycle. But sometimes I, it's it's kind of nice to just let Mother Nature sort of do its thing. And like I said, if you if you're feeding your roses the fifteen thirty fifteen good steady watering, um, they're going to grow through any of those little. Um, hiccups. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just really hard in Calgary because we do our weather and then the bug, like we get things that go through in cycles. And if we get rid of everything, it, it does make it real hard. We're out there spraying every day and it's, I guess it's good for my sales, but on some of that stuff, I, I just think we, we um, worry a bit too much. So I just think we just need to... Um, some of those things let them take their course. If the plant is healthy for the most part, and you got a few little holes, um, I, I, honestly, I think it's just. The, and they go through in such quick cycles in Calgary that they'll come through and then grow through that and then be fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm giving my my roses fifteen thirty fifteen. Perfect. Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. That's they love that. But uh, I I shouldn't be uh, giving them any at this time of year, right? No, you should have finished off now, and just make sure you do good deadheading on them, like as they're blooming as well. Did you get lots of blooms this year? I certainly did. Yeah, so that's that's perfect. And if you deadhead in between, there's some people like to leave the seed pods on the last batch for the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure if it makes a difference either way, but then you have to cut them back in the spring anyways. So right. Um, so yeah, I, I, it sounds like you're doing it right, but. Again, if you if you have them on that feeding program, they're going to grow through most of that leaf. And if the leaf gets a little bit bad, just cut those off. And okay, well, the, it's every leaf on on my bush. That, oh, okay, it sounds like you you could have had just. I think there's a couple of wasps and a couple of little um, caterpillars that go through and they just munch away. But then as soon as they 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 do their thing and then they gone through that cycle, then they're gone. So, but I've never never um, deadheaded my roses. Really. Really, I didn't know I was supposed to. <laughs> you, you will. You sh- depends what variety they are, but it'll encourage a lot more roses to come. You won't just say that one and done. If mm-hmm. you, if you, as soon as they're done blooming, they're just starting to fade. I always just deadhead them, take them down a couple of sections, and that should force more blooms for you. Okay, I'm if you, have to if try you just that. if you just leave them, it'll just be the one and done. Well, I mean, I, I must have had 15 roses on just yeah. one bush. Yeah, which is awesome, but you can continue. Most of them will continue to bloom for you okay. two or three cycles if you do some deadheading. So 
cut them down about two inches or yep, so? Yep, just go down a couple nodes below the bloom. And if there's some of the Morden series or some of them, like take them into the house, take a third of whatever you have on there when they're nice and uh, put them into a little bud vase and enjoy them in the house as well. And then that'll encourage your plant to give you more outside. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Lala. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a break. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and uh, we have a few spots left open on the phone lines. If you want to get in on the last half hour, 403-974-8255. Or 1-800-563-7770. And where are we at? I got a few texts. I got one here from Ken. It says, good morning, Merle. Could you tell me what's going on with my lawn? Only in the backyard. He just has some, it almost looks like um, this footsteps. Like it could be cinch bug. Or if you've maybe used any type of, of a chemical it looks like almost like someone dripped a little bit of Roundup or something in a in that little spot. Um, if you're spraying weeds, maybe the concentrate got spilt a little bit. Um, it kind of looks like that can, um, to me, when I see it go that light brown, it looks like something or a soap or something. looks like it got burnt somehow a little bit would be my guess on that a bit. And... Right now, let's go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to, I hope I got this right, Ava. Good morning, Ava. Good morning. My uh, my tomatoes are ripe on the vine, yep. but when you cut them, the seeds are green with green vines going through the flesh of the tomatoes. Is that right? <laughs> no, it's not. And it's. I think it is leaving them on too long, maybe. Um if the if they're going ripe on the vines and they I, I've heard this where they start growing new plants inside the 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 seat the fruit. Okay. It says I think you're leaving them on too long. Can a person still eat them? Um, I don't think it's going to hurt you, but I would maybe try one first and see. Yeah, yeah. I, it should be fine. Yeah, and I've been uh, the tomatoes. I I just have the sugar daddy ones, the little yellow sweet ones. The, but man, I've been eating. I probably have five hundred tomatoes on there. It's been crazy. So it's been good. Yeah, I, I've heard that, and that's more in the what what type of tomato is it? Is it? More, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, some of the bigger ones. Yeah, and I've seen that. It's kind of a weird thing, right? It's like the the seeds germinate inside them inside the fruit. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what so is I, blight then? Well, blight is something. It's more of a the leaves will curl up. Um, You'll also see the blossom end rot, like on the end of your tomatoes, it'll rotten. Okay. Um, but it doesn't sound like you're having that. It's just, uh, I think you're just leaving them on too long. Mm-hmm. And then they sit there and they almost germinate in the fruit. So this, when they just nicely red, just pull them off and then let them finish ripening off the vine. Mm-hmm. And then. So if I pick them now and bring them inside, will that green go away from the seeds or that's finished? Um, no, it, it won't go away um, because when you cut them, um, they're actually growing new plants from inside themselves. Okay. It's kind of a weird thing. And that, and honestly, I've only started seeing it probably, and, and this could be maybe just me, but 
the last few years. Like, I, it, it was not something I didn't see like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's something they've done with the seed that's a little different or what. But mm-hmm. all right. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Ava. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm not sure if I, hopefully, I helped her on that one. But it, it is kind of a weird one. Um, and I got a couple thing from Jen down in the perennial lot. We don't have any of the Itos right now, so but we'll see if we can get some more of those in in the next week or so. But we do have um, the Lily. We have not the Fratella, but we have lots of the Northern Delight, Tiny Invader, Casablanca, and lots of Pink Memorial Red Charm, Festival Maxima, and Fern Leaf Peonies. So hopefully uh, if that... Uh, is helping out there. Let's go to Dean. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, Merle. Thank you. Really enjoy your program. It's definitely a highlight of my week. Awesome. Hardly, Glad hardly I can miss, help out a bit. Hardly, yeah. miss, uh, hardly miss an episode. Wish there was a bit of a serial theme, but, you know, we're talking plants. <laughs> yeah, and we, we do have the podcast. But I, I was just thinking that. Like, I, it, I, it gets me away because sometimes we get caught up in all the other stuff that's going on. And it is, and I was just thinking to myself, I'm a pretty lucky guy. I get to come chat with a bunch of people about plants and flowers. So, you know. Oh, I'm the lucky one. I get to garden while listening to you Sunday awesome. morning. Awesome. Um, quick question about snap peas, um, the yep. birds, how to get a good start on them, and whether they can actually be grown indoor in, indoors in the off-season for um, sunlight. light. They, they can underneath a grow light. I find they don't do as well because they, they like it a bit cool, right? They love that cool nights and stuff. So okay. sometimes I find the the peas and some of those ones just don't do as well. Um, so for the birds, you're just they're they're going in, they're eating your snap peas. Yeah, right from the ground. Yeah, right. so just um, just get the bird netting. Okay. And put that over top of them, and uh, and that will definitely help. Um, that's the best way because they love eating them as well. So. And and any hints on on the secrets of growing? You know, incredibly tall. I know my uh, my my retired barber used to have pea plants that were you know on poles and literally eight feet high, and I've I just can't. Is that really possible? Or is that it, it is. It's some of the different varieties. They've gotten away from most of those varieties um, just because um, a lot of people don't have the room to grow, and a lot of that I don't know how much production they got out of that. Because I've seen a lot of the two, three foot ones, like same same thing. I was just out of garden, just um, just a little bit west of Calgary, and he he just has them at that three foot stage, and um, just loaded with with peas. So I think if you get oh, yeah. too much growth um, in our short season, I'm not sure how much um, production you're actually going to get on that. You know what I mean? I guess it looks good like Jack and the Beanstalk, but uh, I'm not sure how much fr- how much um, harvest you're going to get off them. Okay, well, I guess I'll have to wait till next spring. Um, the crop this year was a little disappointing. The birds enjoyed enjoyed them. Yeah, that's the one hard thing, right? Like, so I got to look at it that way. Hey, I fed the birds, so good for them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks, right. Merle. Good job, Dean. Well wishes. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah, hey, you always got to take the positive of that. And positive of this, Gord, is that we better take a commercial break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right to the phone lines, and we got Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. 
Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you for asking. What's what's happening out in the garden today? All right. I moved from the coast last year, west coast, to um, Calgary. And I know I shouldn't have, but I brought um, what my mom used to call a pink, uh, like a carnation. Yep. That you can smell a mile away. Oh, nice! And uh, it's sixty, at least sixty years old. Oh, nice! And so it was quite rooted. It had the long brown roots because I didn't want to touch it. Yeah. And for fear I'd kill it. Anyway, when I moved, came out here, I brought a piece with me. Okay. And so all I have now is maybe a six, seven inch. Stem, which looks healthy, but of course no flowers. Do you think it's going to survive? Um, it, it really depends on what variety it is, too, right? There's some of the carnations are not hardy for our zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's a zone three, um, I think you're going to be fine. There's a lot of carnations that grow here very well. So what I would do, and and which is good, what it's doing. At least it, there's something there. Um, I would just feed it good here in the fall with a 15-30-15 because that's a good root one. And I'd kind of mulch it over a little bit, like once it goes dormant. And then make sure you just mark the spot. And then just not too early spring, but this one, those should start, the carnations are a little bit earlier. It'll start um, spitting out sometime in May. Just pull back some of the mulch and uh, ensure that you give it a good watering at that time. And uh, and hopefully that'll coax it out and it'll survive for you because that's I think it's fine when you bring certain things like we got to watch what invasive species we bring from other areas or different things but something like this this is something that was part of your family part of your life for a long time I think it's it's nice when you get to bring something like that so all right the scent is just I've yeah. never smelt anything like it before so anyway well thanks for your well because a lot of flowers don't have as much fragrance anymore for whatever reason. Like they've almost bred it out. They grow them, they breed them for growing and right. certain things. And some of the stuff they've uh, taken the fragrance away. So, um, so. That's... Even the hyacinths don't smell like they used to. Oh, I agree. Like there's, there's a lot of plants that just don't have the fragrance that they right. used to have. Um, they breed some of the, the, the normal stuff out of them, right? And uh, they 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 go in for growth. They keep them short, and unfortunately, a lot of the box stores are forcing the growers to grow things to just looks so it looks good on the shelf. Right. So when these varieties we get them into our garden, they don't look great because they've been growing to. We want them, and this they get ordered to grow like this. So they develop the plant so it looks really good on the shelf, stays short and compact and and a bloom. But then once you get in the garden, it doesn't go to fruition, right? It doesn't get big and lank. Um, so we're seeing that with a lot of plants, unfortunately. is So the varieties that we're trying to get into the independent garden centers are different than what you're seeing in the box stores. The box store might look good on the, in the, on the tray and in, in the store, but once you get into the garden, they just don't do anything. We get a lot of that, so... Right. Um, so, unfortunately, yeah, some of the old tried and true fragrance. So, go to some of your um, sweet peas, some of those things, um, and uh, try and get some fragrance out of that. So, right. 
Okay, well, thanks for your help. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Have a good weekend. You as well. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, actually, we're heading out to Kelowna this week. So uh, we're going to uh, my nephew and his wife. They had a a baby there a few months ago, and it's been unfortunate with COVID and all that stuff, making it fun. Um, So we're going to get out and, uh, and see the new addition to the Coombs family. So we're looking forward to that this week. Spend a little time by the pool, hang out, all that fun stuff. Let's go to Blair. Good morning, Blair. Good morning, Merle. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. How can I help you? Well, I'll give you a little bit of history. So about two months ago, I came across a couple of half-empty bags of wildflower seeds. Okay. So I did a Johnny Appleseed sew job (laughs) underneath the spruce tree we had kind of limbed up. Okay. Last year, I've got a bit of a, um, nothing would ever grow in there. So about a month later, it looks like I got a pile of weeds coming up. And I tell you what, now I must have a thousand wildflower poppies and some black-eyed Susans. I mean, it just looks beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. But my, but my question is, do I, do I cut them down? Do no, I? No, just let them die back. Okay. And then, uh, and then next spring, especially being in underneath a spruce tree, so it's not going to get a lot of moisture as well. Yeah. So you've obviously been watering them and stuff like that. I have. I've been religious, and I'm telling you, I can't believe it. It just looks incredible. Well, they're starting to die back a bit yeah. now, and the stalks are getting a bit heavy, or the flowers been heavy for the stalks, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So just ensure do a good watering in the fall. Okay. And uh, so when they all go dormant, they and then just leave everything there. And then in the spring, sort of like early May, just go in and cut everything back. And then you'll see which ones come back. Some of them might be perennials. Some might not. A lot of them are just annual flowers that are in those mixes. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's perfect. Thanks, Merle. No, that's good, right? You got something. And uh, just... And it sounds like there was more normal varieties in there, which is nice, because some of the stuff is uh, just, like you said, a lot of weed seeds and stuff. So that's good. Uh, no, no poppies like crazy. That's awesome. Sweet. Unbelievable. Thanks, Merle. All right. Take care, bro. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's, that's uh, neat. He found a little hidden treasure in a bag and and utilized it and uh, and then go from there. So that's good. Um, let's go. Actually, I'm going to take my last break here, Gord, and uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go down to Denise. Good morning, Denise. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm great. Awesome. Thank you for your show. Yeah, you're just- very welcome. I Like I said, I I love doing it, and it's hopefully as much as everybody likes listening because it's... Uh, it's my little uh, getaway as well. So, I have two quick questions. Okay. One is um, poppies. Do they um, like if I was to move them? Is do they come back or is it just yes? They will by seed. Okay. Yeah. No. Some of them they do reseed themselves. A lot of the varieties, but they're also a perennial. So when you plant them in certain spots, they'll come back in that area. Cool. And another question is. Um, For some reason, I had a weird plant grow this year in my front flower bed. I didn't know what it was, and I had a horticulturist say it was a pineapple lily. And, well, now it's went to seed, and I I just don't know what to do with it. Like, 
if I keep the seeds, how do I start them next year? Or do I put them in the ground in the fall? What do I do? Yeah, so a lot of the lilies are a bulb, though. Um, well, that's what I thought. So it's already grown in the ground right now? Well, yeah, it came up. It was the weirdest looking. It was beautiful, but it, yeah, so I, I would don't just, know how it got there. Yeah, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm not sure. But typically they're just a a bulb. So maybe it did get seeded somehow and spread that way. Um, but I would just I'd just let it die back, let it do its thing, and, and hopefully it comes back next spring. Yeah, well, and what do I do with the seed little pods? Um, typically not much. Like you can try and grow them, um, but then you have to sort of create a bulb in that. But I don't think okay. you need to do anything with them. I just let let them die back, let them do their thing in the fall, and uh, and that should just come back from the bulb unless you're looking to propagate more. But well, it would be nice. But... Yeah, well, you can you can save the seeds, um, let those pods dry out, and then early early spring, like February March, you can try and germinate some and see if you can get them going. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Denise. And hopefully all well down in Hannah. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. And uh, where are we at? We're at Judy. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Well, I'm puzzled. I, um, about uh, over 20 years ago, I was given this plant from a lady who grew them along the back of her house for many years. And she told me they were called lithrum. Yeah. And I've had them in my yard for like over 20 years, and and they look nice, and uh, they cause me no problem. And now I've uh, been informed that it's really the noxious weed purple loosestrife. Oh, okay. So, um... Has it been invasive in your yard? No. Huh. They, they it, look lovely. It could be Leatris, too. No, I have that. It's okay. not that. No? Um, yeah, the only way, if you could send me a quick picture, if you text me a quick picture, I could probably have a quick look at it. Um, but, um, yeah, I, without seeing it, usually if it would be that purple loosestrife, and that's why we, we don't encourage people to get rid of them because they're very invasive. So you would know it would be... It would be going all over the place. So well, that's what I wonder because you know I've got that creeping bellflower in our neighborhood. It's everywhere, and those daisies that spread there. Yeah, everywhere. the chamomile. Yeah, and, and this one, it, it stays right where I want it to. <laughs> so I thought. Yeah, I it doesn't to- sound like it's that purple leaf stripe. Um, the only, like I said, the only thing if you can bring a picture in or send me one. Or just bring a little sample into the store, and one of the the guys or gals in the perennial section should be able to help you out. Well, well, what? So I didn't know. Does is the loose loose stripe just a problem if it's around areas of water, like a lakes little bit more? Yeah, no, but they're very invasive. Like they just sort of take over. You'll see they receive themselves. They're 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 kind of nasty. And so, do you think it's because? When they're done flowering in the fall, I cut them down to the ground. That might help keep them if you're taking away all the seed pods and stuff. That definitely helps. Okay. All righty. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. Um, and one more. We're going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to um, skip a bit because I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. to see uh, what Larry has to say. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. 
How can I help? I have a, maybe it's a big nose, but it's a sensitive nose. <laughs> You're a bit nosy, are you? <laughs> well, I'm not nosy, but my nose leads me places. All right, let's 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 let let's let that go. All right. <laughs> Where are we going so, with this? I'm down at the end. I'm very sensitive to artificial scent. Yeah. If I walk in a casino or a building that has those air yeah, fresheners. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I am too. I, I can't stand I, them. I have to leave. Yeah. I have to leave immediately because yep. I can't breathe. So I'm in the MGM Grand. That's a, in Vegas. That's yep. a small casino yep. of 5,000 rooms. Yep. Yeah, just a little so one. I'm, I'm a little piker there. I get the cheapest room, and I'm on the 10th floor or whatever. Yep. So I get my bags up there, and then I go down to the lobby, and there's the strongest smell of artificial, or what I thought was artificial scent you could imagine. I can't breathe. Yeah. So I got the manager, if you can believe it, to come down and address the issue. Yep. And I said, look, if you're putting artificial scent in the air conditioning system, I have to check out. Yeah. He said, no, 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 we don't do that. Then we realized their lobby is gigantic. Yep. It's like 50 times bigger than the Westin. Yep, no, yeah, I've been down there a couple times. In the middle of it is a flower display. Yep. About 15 feet across. And somebody had just replaced with the new flowers, and they did such a good job, they got the flowers at their peak scent. Yep. And for, for a person like me, it was overpowering. Just so much fragrance at one time. It was unbelievable. Some of the, Vegas spends more money, in, I, and I spend a lot of, like when I'm down there, I spend, and I'm not a gambler, so I'm not at the machines. Um, I'm down there for trade shows or different things. Um, but some of the phenomenal flower displays and things in Vegas, like at the well, Aria, the Wynn, and Bellagio, the MGM, like you'll just see the, the, the most vast... Flower displays. Palazzo is my my poker haven, and so I walk <laughs> through their uh, atrium all the time. It's gorgeous, it's new, and they have the flower displays, like you said. But there's never an overpowering odor. No, hey Larry. So um, I think they bred it out of the flowers. And so they I think a lot of the cut flowers. Sorry, Larry, I got to cut you off. I'm cut off yeah. here at the end of the show. Thank okay. you, sir. Well, bye bye. All right. Sorry about that. Sorry, guard. And uh, to everybody, till next week, we'll uh, garden on again next week. If you're on a hold, I'll take you off air if you'd like to hang on.